Hello, fellow walkers of the earth. This is your host, Sergio Isauro. Thrilled to be here again. Getting to know the microphone and myself through it. Really hoping this show is bringing you something positive that makes the big old walk lighter and more enjoyable. This week's guest is one of those people that when meeting them make you feel like you're running into an old friend, with easy and pure connection flowing from the very start. Ronnie Rancic is a transformational speaker and writer. Her practice combines modern medicine and science with spirituality and ancient Eastern and Mesoamerican healing modalities. Through her studies in fields like energy work, neuroplasticity and heart-brain coherence, she has developed methods to facilitate the integration of people's inner capabilities. Ronnie's mission is that every individual and community lives at their highest potential, enabling an optimal society and an optimal collective reality for all. Please, let's welcome to the show Ronnie Rancic. This is We Walk the Earth. Enjoy. So close your eyes and bring your attention to your heart and your heart space. Just kind of become familiar with that space. And as you're breathing in and out, begin to breathe in and out from the heart space. As if you're breathing in from your heart and exhaling, in, inhaling and exhaling from your heart. With each respiration, that heart space growing. And now add a rejuvenating emotion to that breath, such as love or gratitude or joy. And rather than think what that feels like, feel it in your heart. And allow that emotion to come present with each breath and that heart space. What does gratitude feel like? Gratitude to be here, to speak, to listen, to share, to grow. Love for ourselves and love for the space and love infinite love that's always available to us within us and around us we just need to connect and bring our awareness to it so taking that in in our heart inhaling and exhaling in the heart space now imagine that emotion and that feeling expanding around you into your energetic field so not only feeling it in your body feeling it in your energetic body as well and in your surroundings that it may positively impact those around you and your surroundings. And take a deep breath in and exhale. Another deep breath in, another deep breath in, another deep breath in and exhale. And open your eyes to new energy, new space and time. <laughs> We just shifted universes. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and here, where are we? <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. That was very nice. Thank you. How did you call it? A heart... Um, Heart-brain coherence. Heart-brain coherence. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. Just so that I... Yeah, yeah I, I love to talk yeah, about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into the geeky science part yeah, of it. Um, so there's an institute in California called the Heart Math Institute, and they've dedicated, I think, the past 20 or 25 years studying the relationship between the heart and the brain and the impact that our emotions can have on our mental state and our physiological state. Mm -hmm. And it's actually been discovered that the heart sends more brain, uh, more signals to the brain than the brain sends to the body and to the heart via the vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve is, is a nerve that, you know, comes up from the body and it's sending those signals to the brain, to our command center that tells the brain what's going on and what to do. And so if we begin to regulate our emotions and to feel these emotions, to feel gratitude, renewing emotions, we send new signals to the brain and the brain says, this is what's happening. <laughs> Let me send these new neurotransmitters, these new reactions out to the body. And we have the possibility to self-regulate on call and on demand when we choose to. 
it's such just a powerful exercise. They call it heart breathing, right? So literally breathing in and out of the heart. And there's different variations to that quick coherence, kind of like what we did now, or throwing in the different emotions, the renewing emotions. And it's so powerful and incredible that we have the possibility to do that, right? You know, instead of many times we'll wake up grab our phone or check our email and do this and that. And the day is impacting us instead of us kind of priming, as I call it. And then we get to impact, positively impact the day and our environment and just being being that heart space and being that abundant space and love and gratitude. And so what's the difference of waking up and, oh, there's this email and this person sent me this and that's going on and, oh, I have to do that, blah, 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 blah. And all these stories that we're telling ourselves interiorly and then things that are occurring on the exterior So if we start in that space, then we're priming for a whole new reality. And just like you said, we just change dimensions because we are changing the dimension and the new energy. I went off on a little spill there, (laughs) but but I'm like really excited about it. But yeah, yeah, so it's the heart-brain coherence, creating coherence between the two. Hmm. And uh, it's incredible. The capacities that we have, and it's just bringing our awareness to it and tapping into it because it's always there. Many times, many people are distracted. So it's just bringing our awareness to these great tools that we always have, our emotions, Mm -hmm. you know, our energy. And then we can change our mental state as well. These distractions, are they like frequencies? We like we let ourselves like get carried away by? Yeah. Like some kind of frequencies and then just stepping out of them Mm -hmm. helps. Yeah. Just refreshing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I like the the whole idea of doing energy checks. That's something Mm -hmm. like a frequency check. Mm hmm. Not too long ago or this year, at some point, I was like writing. I think it was the beginning of the year and I was writing frequency check, you know, doing common frequency checks. Like, where's my frequency at? Because sometimes we'll get caught up, just like you said, in the energy of the moment or the movement or, you know, wherever we're at. And then we don't actually check where our energy's at because we might get unconsciously swept up <laughs> in whatever, you know. And there's unconscious and conscious emotions that are occurring always. Like we could be conscious now that we're in a heart state or heart centered. Though, you know, we might have underlying emotions that are kind of there going on within the body and so on for other people and environments. And so if we step into an environment, we're stepping into an energy, right? Mm-hmm. And it's felt when you walk into a room, it's like, oh, you, you can feel that. And that's because you're feeling, not it's not just the energy, you're feeling the emotion that's actually occurring on the underlying level. And so doing these frequency checks have, of, of course, not, you know, focusing on another person or, oh, they're there and, and not creating that separation because it's not about that. Because we're all, you know, going through our different emotions, but we can self-regulate ourselves. You know, we don't have, um, we can't control other people or situations or environments, though we can self-regulate. So when we're in those different environments, then we're we're living a plen- um, a whole, we're living whole, wholeness. Yeah. Yeah. Plentiful, mm-hmm. I was going to say, plentitude. See, 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 Yeah, it makes sense. And how did this practice or knowledge come into your life? Mm. Gosh, <laughs> well, well, before I was born, when I when I came from a different planet, no, um, well, it's been an ongo- ongoing remembering. That's the mm. way I put it. You know, it's not that we're learning; we're always remembering. Yeah. You know, because source. we all have it. Yeah, we exactly. It. It's the wholeness that we are, though, through life and through situations. There's fragmentations of who we think we are because of the different thought processes or patterns that we're having, or programs, as I call them, that are mm-hmm. different societies kind of like imprinted. Oh, you got to be enough or you got to do this or you got to do that. And so then that leads us to kind of forget our wholeness and our essence. And so I feel and what I see is that we're all on a journey to reclaim and remember in the word itself, remember, it's reconnect members to connect. So we're remembering that that wholeness. So to make the long story short, I would say my whole life and specifically heart brain coherence. Years ago, I went to a silent meditation retreat and uh, it was focused on the heart. And I was fascinated. And it was interesting because I found before that I was doing this practice. And I didn't even know it was something that was like studied or it was like a practice. Wow. It's like I intuitively knew to feel that, like sit down and, and feel gratitude and how that changes how, my state, you know, and, and everything around me. And then when I went to this silent meditation retreat, I saw that they were doing that. I was like, oh, interesting. And then they told me about the Heart Math Institute and I became fascinated and, you know, I studied with them and so on and so forth. Though at a young age, you know, when we're kids, we always have this knowing and this openness and when I was young, I would go to the mountain and I would talk to the wind <laughs> and I would talk to the angels and I would sit there and meditate at the time. But I didn't know what meditation was. I was like seven. So for me, it was just like listening to myself and listening to beyond and, and praying, though, having that like conversation with higher self. And so always we all intuitively know. 
It's just remembering and going back, you know, when we're kids and then we get caught up in society and this and that, and then we kind of forget. And, you know, there's always this calling, this inner calling within us. And we have innate capacities and potential within us. It's just bringing our, our awareness to that to, to cultivate it. Yeah, we're born in like a living system that supports and is based upon connectedness. Mm -hmm. Like, But we just, like you said, we start forgetting or getting reprogrammed Mm -hmm. in other ways that take us away. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, because you're, you're tejedor, right? It's like your, yeah, your name. And I, and I love it so much because it's like we're weaving, you know, like we're mm-hmm. weaving this remembering of who we are and with others as well. And like we're creating a reality within ourselves and with others. And, and sometimes when we're weaving, we don't see what's happening at the moment. Like we're weaving or in the moment of tejiendo. And we don't really see, but it's like something is like cooking, as they say in English, but like algo se está tejiendo in Spanish. And like something is is coming forth and maybe we don't see it. But then you look back and you see this beautiful tapestry. It's like, oh, it all makes sí, sense. Sí, like, sí. this is what I've been building my whole life. This is what I am. This is what it's available always to me and within me. <laughs> yeah. And I like the idea of small actions, but small steps no? mm-hmm. that make a big tapestry. Yeah. I love that because it's been an ongoing challenge for me to step back from the immediacy thinking big like mode in my mm-hmm. mind. Like mm-hmm. I want and I think we are programmed to wanting everything big now, mm-hmm. fast yeah. you know, and easy. And it's hardly ever like that. The universe does give us nice surprises, but they've been weaving for eons. Yeah, and the idea of the mountaintop, I think it's like a hard program that mm. the society has is that you need to reach the mountaintop, you know, like this big picture and being your potential or this big idea that you have and you have to reach there and then you have to be enough, you have to get that raise, you have to do this, you have to be successful, you all these ideas of reaching our potential and that's all an illusion because our potential is here and now. <laughs> and it's it's in the process of and it's, it's being present. Um, it's not outside of us. And so it's a constant reprogramming that we have to do and remind ourselves because we'll focus. And it's good to have an idea where we want to reach, right? Or what we want to create or the tapestry. Imagine, you know, the colors or what it's going to look like, who's going to be involved in this and that. Though being open to allowing that co-creation and letting life surprise us. <laughs> mm, yeah. Surrendering. Mm-hmm. But also consciously walking. Yeah. I look at it like the masculine and the feminine too. Like mm-hmm. the masculine is like the going forward part, mm-hmm. which sometimes can take it kind of overboard and the toxic and yeah. like I have to, should, should. Like the saying, don't shit all over yourself. I love it. It's because we should, you know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so many times you're like, oh, I should do this. I have to do this. And if that's, that's not the way. And then that could be like the toxic masculine. And of course, masculine, the divine masculine of going forward. And then the feminine of being open to receive. You know, there's only so much we could do. There's only so much we can weave. And then it's allowing the other pieces to kind of align and and come forth Mm -hmm. in the surrendering of, I've done my part and I am open to guidance and to the points connecting in marvelous ways that maybe I couldn't even fathom, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life doesn't stop surprising me. I think before I started doing like a regular meditation practice last November, I was telling you about me coming back from this big last year journey. Like a few weeks after that, coming back here to Mexico, I went to a meditation training and I started to do it regularly. And I mean, I don't want to go into the why and how and everything, but it has helped me just receive what life is bringing and then taking my decisions, uh, but from a more calm and focused state mm-hmm. instead of the should. I still have it. Mm-hmm. I still have these processes. But it's very refreshing to just accept some things that I cannot control mm-hmm. or change. Yeah, and control is always uh, our means, our illusion really to feel safety. That's what we all search for in some way, like feeling the safety of like knowing what's going to happen and how it's mm-hmm. going to happen. And then we can take it overboard of I need to have everything, you know, Same. perfect. But it's an illusion. An illusion. Yeah. Last year was a big example <laughs> yeah, yeah, of, this, of this illusion just crumbling. <laughs> yeah. And it was scary for a bit, but it was refreshing also, you know, yeah. when you see... I think a lot of us were having the feeling of something not being entirely right mm. for a big while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you 
see some part of this big illusion crumbling down, I got excited. I was mm. like, wow, this is scary, but then we can build something with yeah. all these pieces that are yes. in the ground. We can like collect them yeah. and start building something, learning from what just crashed down. Yeah, I love that. I love that building something new mm. and, and learning because it was it was time like old structures that no longer, you know, they don't sustain themselves. They need to fall yeah. so we can build those. No, and that's exteriorly in the collective. It's always manifested, you know, on the outside. Yeah. And then that tells us a lot where collectively we are at interiorly. So it was a great opportunity for all of us to look within and see what structures no longer serve us within that we need to pick up the pieces and, you know, the fragmented parts of ourselves or the stories we were telling ourselves or the shoulds or the coulds or this idea of control. I think we all faced it on some level or another. And we always seek for control and we'll be like, no, you know, wait, not. But then we'll put things in our calendar or, we'll, you know, yeah, the, I have this control. And then last year was like, nope, <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> and so we all had to figure out how to, I wouldn't use the word cope with that, but or deal with that. We'd rather innovate with that. Just like what you said, is taking those pieces of and building something new, though also allowing something. Okay, that for me it was like I surrender. Just you know, I become part of the unknown, and it's like that new dance and feeling comfortable with it. And I feel like the more we practice it, the more we feel comfortable with it. Though if we have in our mind, no, I should, I can't, I need to have my barriers up. It needs to be all online and all perfect, and da 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 da. And then if we just, you know, this is heavy. I'm just gonna take this down. Yeah. And dance with the unknown and see yeah. what happens and let life surprise. Yeah, and make mistakes and learn from them and change. Yeah, last year, one idea that was going around in my mind a lot was because I kind of saw the pandemic and what it was triggering, not just the pandemic itself. For me, it was a lot about what it was triggering in our collective conscious and subconscious and way and psyche. But I couldn't stop thinking of it as part of nature, like nature balancing itself, mm -hmm. but not balancing itself as in, okay, there's like a pandemic, so I need to get people sick. If there was like a consciousness saying, <laughs> I need to get people sick, but in a conscious level, we are definitely part of a ecosystem, if you want to call it like mm -hmm. that, or a living system, mm -hmm. we humans, uh, even though we are forgetting about it or we forgot about it in a collective state. But now our consciousness, it has been developing for thousands and thousands and thousands mm -hmm. and thousands of years. And now it's part of this system. Mm -hmm. And now it's being faced with this Uh, challenges mm. and I couldn't stop thinking about this like how is our consciousness being implemented into this mm -hmm. I think that's why it felt for me it felt hard sometimes yeah. because it was like I literally was picturing my brain or my conscious going up a hill you mm -hmm. know like struggling and building consciousness muscle and <laughs> yeah. coming back and making the same mistake and then saying like okay I did it again okay let's step back do it mm -hmm. again mm -hmm. um, I'm still kind of like grasping with this idea but it felt so natural and mm -hmm. beautiful in a way it might sound a little bit sick but, <laughs> but it, it felt so natural and it was like wow we're looking into ourselves because we have no other option it's hard i see i love that and i see it like as a hard reset it's like looking at um there's a quote that says like perhaps you know our mind is like the computer's connected to a grander computer of a sort like the collective consciousness and the collective consciousness needed a reset in the way like as you were speaking i was like what an interesting way to look at it the way i see things is that by the time something reaches our physical body that's because something has gone unseen on an emotional or thought level and so when it's manifested in the physical in the material right because we're made of energy 99.9999% energy atoms themselves and then that's manifested as the material realm and by the time it reaches that that's because thought or emotion which is energy has gone unseen and so then it becomes imprinted in the body and that's a lack of ease which is known as dis <laughs> and so for the physical body, looking at an individual and then looking at it as a collective, like the collective itself had this dis-ease, right? Like this lack of ease. And so that's telling something if this was manifested in our physical reality, not just on an individual level, like looking at it at this collective level, as you were saying, that's because something has been going unseen. And then we take it apart in the micro bits, looking at each and every individual and looking at their brains and their consciousness that's feeding into the collective consciousness and what disalignments are occurring there. And so it was an opportunity to kind of separate all of that and zoom in and look at every consciousness 
And like you were saying, like, all the, you know, going up that hill and struggling and pushing that consciousness and really looking within. And I, I believe it was an opportunity for all of us. And so through all of us really um, harnessing and utilizing that opportunity that we had and we always have <laughs> to look within, then, of course, we're contributing to the collective consciousness. And that's going to show up in the collective, what we're seeing on all different levels, from ecology to politics to everything that's going on to Mother Earth, you know to the land with manifesting there and then into our personal realities as well, right? And then our, our physical bodies, you know? So I see it like that. It's all going back to the root, which is energy. And it gives us an opportunity to look at the unseen and the unknown. And sometimes, you know, most of the time we're afraid of the unknown because it's, it's not known, it's something different. And so we look at the physical, we're like, I know this because I've seen it, it's the physical. It's predictable. Yeah, go to the energy that's creating that. Oh gosh. Mm -hmm. You know, and whether that's an emotion or that's an energy, then that's like funky water to <laughs> swim yeah. through. And we're trying to like swim through it. And I don't know. No, no, I'm just going to go back to the material, the known. <laughs> it's okay. Nope. Got to go there. Because when you go there, then you're manifesting new realities. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can, you know, it's like when we're doing the surgery, going inside and you're creating and you're correcting and you're aligning to what you truly want to manifest rather than these programs or these thoughts or the collective consciousness that maybe at one moment served. And then, like you said, it's been going on for thousands and thousands of years. And where is it at now? That wasn't what it was intended to be at. And it's kind of like the phone game. What is it? Telefono descompuesto. Uh -huh. Like, I don't know how to say that in English, but you know, you, you say something to another person that gets passed down and then it turns out to be something else. And that's maybe like what happened with consciousness. <laughs> it's funny. You know, it's like, oh, this, this. And then it turns out and it's like, no, this is not what it was intended to be. We need to do a reset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah. When you were describing like zooming in on us into like each of one's consciousness, I had like this image of what a big opportunity and privilege if we see ourselves as a cell in an organism mm -hmm. the potential and the privilege of knowing yourself as a cell and having each cell have consciousness mm -hmm. it's like mind-blowing mm -hmm. the micro to the macro and it's just yeah. repeating itself you yeah. know from our cells from the innermost level to the cells to our body to our bodies then being the cell of the macro and then the planet being part of the you know planetary system and so on and so forth and multi-universes out there and so mm. if we can begin with that or looking yeah. at ourselves as that cell and even looking interiorly at each and every of our cells and becoming aware of that and mm. where that where our energy is out then we can reset and realign yeah. ourselves and realize collective i love that that's that's my whole um kind of philosophy or mission years ago it's like through personal development then we are contributing to the community development you know, right through reaching our full potential which is our wholeness then we're contributing to that wholeness yeah and that potential maybe looking at it as seeing your finding out your part mm -hmm. in the play no? mm -hmm. in the weave yes. like what what yeah, what's my role yes. here and accepting that and doing that fully because that also will make you happy this really excites me can i share something like yes yes just recently i you know i didn't think i would be sharing this but i have to share because it it's so aligned um <laughs> it's funny but i was looking at uh, ants you mm -hmm. know and the way that ants work together and the spirit of, of the ant is all about community and one day I sat there and I was looking at the ants and, you know, learning from them. And I saw this one ant carrying a piece of crumb, mm -hmm. right? Which ants are incredible because they can carry like, I don't know how many times their, their weight, like tons, right? And so this ant is like carrying the spread and it's so determined they're on a tree and he's like trying to make his way up. And then another ant comes and is like pulling with it. I'm like, oh, are they fighting for their crumb? And I said, no, he's helping him. And so there they are like trying to get around and then finally he gets it and then he's like going up and I was observing them and I thought ants are always, there's no individuality. They are working for the highest good of all. And through this ant carry the crumb, it's not like the ants like, I'm carrying the crumb and you know, I'm the breadwinner. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny, you know. But it's like, because I'm carrying this crumb, I'm going to bring it to the community and it's going to serve us all. And so what I observed so interestingly with the ants is that there's no ego, you know, there's no identity there's no separations. Each one knows their part because their part is serving the highest good of the all. And so I think that's such an important lesson. It was a lesson for me and a teaching for me and a teaching that we can all apply of, you know, it's not about, okay, finding our purpose, but our purpose isn't like, it's this about me. Yeah, it's, it's not, not even our, about you. It's not ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's allowing it to flow through you for the highest good of all and trusting in that. 
But because of the programs and because of the ego and because of the identity, then we want to latch on and make it about us. And it's not because we're, we're whole. We're all together. We're all cells working together for this huge body of consciousness that we are. And so allowing, you know, the, the, if we look at our, at the cellular level, the cells aren't competing. And when they are, then there's, there's a problem going on, right? Um, and so when there's harmony in the system, everything is working together for our highest good. And everything is serving its part, but it's not making the part about them. They're serving a part of the whole. So, yeah, I really got That's excited beautiful. about you. That's beautiful. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This answer is so inspiring. And I've thought about this a little bit. Uh, what I love is that the acknowledging the mission, if you want to call it like that, is bigger than every little piece that makes it happen. What I'm also very thrilled for is the idea of us building something that has been going forever and that's going to be going forever. And it's kind of funny to think that because we're okay, but then what am I building? You know, like I'm build, I'm helping build something, but what is it? Where is it going tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, after I'm not in this reality or I don't know, there's a lot of unknowns, but that also kind of makes it exciting. Um, and, and for example, it makes me thankful for, for living in this time that I'm living. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I, and it's our responsibility. And I think responsibility could be like a really, um, I don't know, like triggering word maybe for some time, for some people and for or many people, depending how we look at it. It's like, oh, it's responsible. Oh, I gotta do it. Oh gosh. But if we look at it like the word itself, responsibility, it's our ability to respond. And so when we use our ability to respond through our capabilities, through our talents, through our skills, knowing that we have these talents, these skills, everybody has talents, skills, and potentialities to serve the highest good. And whether it's building this part of the whole or, or contributing this way or that way, it's that ability to respond that makes the difference. And so it's that responsibility and not thinking, oh, you know, I'm thinking of like actually building a structure, like in my mind, I'm, I'm imagining like building a house or something like, or, or a table even. Like, oh, I'm only building, you know, this leg of the table. It's like, that's necessary because without it, will fall and so when we show up in our full potential and are through our whole skills and not, not getting caught up in the mind of oh you know how is this going to serve just doing it this is who i am this is what i know and i'm going to serve the best i can and through that i know it's going to serve the all yeah yeah i think sometimes it might be easy to get distracted and go into different paths and sometimes get confused about what we are serving and that because i see that happening with me with people around me a lot we are a lot of times we are serving other people's yeah dreams egos or, yeah or yeah or our own <laughs> yeah you know? yes um you know like people that are working without a purpose or without enjoying themselves it's hard because a lot of people are born into these situations of not having an option but then there, there's a big line of misguided energy and purpose but i really like to see lights shining, like starting to shine in different spaces and places. And that's when you know. Yeah. <laughs> You're on the yeah, right yeah. path. Mm. And it's interesting, like, as I said, doing a frequency check, it's like also doing like an ego check or, you know, is like with the analogy with that, like, is this serving me or like, it's all about the intention of it because we could be serving our purpose, but like the analogy with that, like Dan's not carrying it saying, I'm carrying this piece of bread because this and that. No, with like if it's truly doing it <laughs> or if we're doing it from a heart base of the intention of I'm doing this for the highest good of all and I'm serving with my abilities and my capabilities. And so I think it's important to always do that check even when we know we're on our purpose and our path. And then in the, in the case of, you know, I don't really know. I like doing this. I like doing that. And there's always detours, right? Like if we're on a freeway and then there's like a interesting detour, like, oh, I'm going to take that exit. That looks fun. And then maybe spend a few years there, <laughs> a few months, and it's like, okay, got to get back on. Or I had teachings, I had lessons, you know, like what you were sharing in um, in your trip um, just came to mind and heart. Like it's not, it's all interconnected. And sometimes because you had to take that exit, not an exit, or take that ramp rather, you had all these experiences. And now you can get back on the road and you have these new experiences and wisdom that you can now share and that connects to something else. And so it's allowing those Though always doing a check of, is this, really, it's the energy check. Like, is this fulfilling me or is it depleting? And the moment that, mm, this is depleting, you know, maybe it's serving somebody else's ego, as you said, or maybe it's just not in line. And maybe and it's not even knowing, you know, thinking with that analytical mind, because many times we could get up in that analytical mind of, why? I don't know. Is it, just trust your feelings. Does it feel aligned? Do you, does it feel renewing? 
Does it feel empowering? And when it is, then you know. And sometimes there could also be fear, right? That we need to overcome because it could be very well be your purpose. But then there's like these roadblocks <laughs> that you need to overcome. But you know, even though there's fear and even though you're kind of like, no, you know, I don't think that's the way. I got to go this way. <laughs> and it's like, that's the way. You just got to keep going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Ronnie, yes. You're, I hear you so much. I think intuition, it's like a muscle that we need to regain yeah, the ability to use it. And it, and it goes into trusting ourselves, right? Yeah. And trusting our decisions. And, and really, it's like trusting the universe, trusting God, trusting something beyond us. But it really comes down to us trusting us. That knowing that no matter what happens, we have the ability to respond. You know, whatever is going to happen, we're, we can do it and, and, and go beyond it. I felt this situation of like, I cannot go any further. And then it's so simple to just go out and ask the people around you or mm -hmm. life or the universe, or even ask another section of yourself. Yes. You know, yeah, to like, yes. hey, like I need help. And then it, it's going to come like that. So simple. Yeah. And you can go back into your own power. Yes. Uh, very, very easily. Yeah, um, that vulnerability and being open. Because if we're rigid, then nothing mm. can come in. Or thinking like energetically wise, what does something look like that's rigid? Like nothing's yeah. going in, right? Yeah. And so sometimes we could be like, I'm determined. I know what I'm doing, this and that. And then it gets to a point where I can't do it anymore. So then we need that flexibility, that vulnerability, that openness, that femininity of I'll be open to receive. And whether even it's from a part of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I recently listened to this podcast and they were talking about like kind of the analysis to describe karma and how it's been there's a lot of western ways of describing karma and good karma and bad karma and like all these things that are not quite on the spot of the original idea of it and i really like the they described it as just friction it's not good it's not bad it's just if you imagine the universe or life having a flow or a way of like a river coming down from a mountain it's going to take the path of less resistance mm -hmm. because that's how it water behaves mm -hmm. and the universe and life also have this way of behaving in which they want to develop in the path of less resistance and karma is when we do things or when we have thoughts or actions whatever that create this friction so this idea of karma being us resisting the natural evolution of the universe. And now when you said we have to be flexible, it came to mind because that's it. We need to realize we are in this river. Be We're, like water, my friend. Be like water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We are drops in this river and just yes. following the path of less resistance. Yes. For our own good for our communities that the other water you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. and it's such an illusion that we need to create that resistance of no that means i need to keep going or i need to and that's the toxic yeah. masculine the way that i see it it's just allow you're gonna end up you know have an idea of where you want to go and, and mm. all of that but allowing and flowing yeah. yes yeah. i love that yeah being thankful I think it's a big part. Sometimes it can serve as a very good first step. I remember this again about last year. A lot of things happened for me, like a few days when I was having hard, hard, just emotional processes and days and just overall hard days. The one of the things that uh, brought me down to the earth and like grounded me and oh, uh, brought me back list. to my yes. center at yes. least for a little while was making a gratitude list and just like five things or three things or whatever I can think of. And it can be the little bird flying out of the tree or mm -hmm. it can be the I don't know a friendship or family or a song mm -hmm. it can be anything mm -hmm. from but the just, most simple to the grand yeah, to, yeah yeah so being alive yeah it's a big know? one it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. a pretty important one a grandfather so, of mine who sorry to interrupt yeah, he was like 90 something years old and they would ask you know are you having a good day today he said well i woke up today so it's a good day it's, yeah <laughs> it's a good day we all yeah, woke yeah, up yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. here so yeah totally just bringing that to your mind kind of changes the frequency of what you're experiencing absolutely and there's so many different studies that have been done and the impact of gratitude just the heart brain coherence and feeling that feeling of gratitude they say gratitude and love have the highest frequency energetically and there's actually studies been done where they can measure somebody that's feeling gratitude and so looking at the impact of emotions like for instance going kind of the other realm like what does somebody look like if they're angry like what's their heart rate and their blood pressure like imagine somebody that's feeling gratitude and so that shows the impact that it's having on the physiological level and also on our hrv and looking at 
the scientific level. And then also on the mental level, because the more that we recognize it or the more there's a bird, you know, and it's singing and that brings me joy and I'm grateful for it or grateful that I woke up or for my family, then the more we'll notice that because the more we're building those new pathways on a neurological level, because if we're used to thinking the same way, oh gosh, this and that, or even if it's not a negative thought, but maybe it's not serving or, you know, we want to kind of cultivate more or amplify our energy and gratitude, then we could create new pathways. And the way to do that is by thinking more that way or feeling more of that way. And feeling is kind of like even the plus that's amplifying that. And so, yes, there's a little bird. Yes, there's a family. Yes, we woke up today. What does it feel like? Bring that present. And the more we bring it present, the more we create that energy. And that's an energy of abundance, of receiving. There's more gratitude. And the way it's like the universe or us is okay, here you go. Here's more of it. But the more that we're like, oh, I got that, that, you know, like in a bad mood, there's more of that because that's naturally the energy that we're sending out and that's coming back. And so the more we focus our attention on that, where you place your attention, you place your energy and you place your power, essentially. That's our life force energy that we're placing there. So the more we place that on, on gratitude, then we're filling ourselves. We're filling our cup. <laughs> yeah than depleting it. I, I really like how, now that you said about the like studies about gratitude, came to mind that how I'm very super happy to see the a bridge being built between science and this spirituality, basically, that has been known for thousands of years by the sages, the teachers, mm -hmm. and it's been over there mm -hmm. for a big part of the world. Mm -hmm. It's been like a faraway thing, mystical, mm -hmm. unknown. Some people trust it others mm -hmm. don't because mm -hmm. you can't see it you can mm -hmm. measure it mm -hmm. and now we are in super exciting times in which there's bridges being built i just saw like a photograph online of i think they were studying Eddie Stern and Deepak Chopra with like uh, brain scanners meditating for like hours and hours and hours. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that it has come to this. People mm -hmm. having to double check if there's something, <laughs> yeah. if there's something happening inside there. And but there is. And yeah. people who who do it, and if you do it, you realize there are things happening. Yeah, um, exactly. And um, it's a powerful opening the gateway or opening the doorway for people that might be kind of skeptic of, huh, you know, I don't know so much. And then, oh, here's the scientific facts. And then they'll they'll go ahead and do it, which could be meditation or some other modality and have an experience. And you're like, you know, I don't even need the science anymore. I actually studied science. That was like my first background. I had these spiritual experiences growing up and um, a lot of personal development, overcoming all of that and going through that and growing from that. Though I was always drawn to science, always fascinated with science and understanding like how the physical body worked and all that. But I found there was a lack looking at the integrated part and looking at us as integrated beings, looking at the energy, looking at the motion, not just the physical body. And so building those bridges. And back then there wasn't much of that. All right. And so I kind of like got some of these medallies and I'm so excited just as you are that this is occurring and there's so many studies that can be done that can you know look this is what's happening to your in your brain this is what's happening in your heart look at the impact that music has you as a musician you know you know the great impact that musician is having on our on our brain and the different frequencies whatever frequencies that and how that impacts the different frequencies that our brain is at so it's incredible and so exciting uh, what's yeah, to come yeah it's um a big part of us in contemporary human community to take a lot of this knowledge in is also language and like reprogramming ourselves towards certain ideas and stuff. I can totally understand that context plays a big part of it. Someone comes and talks to me, for example, if I grew up in a Mexican kind of Catholic context and someone comes from and talks to me in their language, in their words, with their guts, with their understanding of consciousness, of the different levels of perception, consciousness, I may be skeptical, even though it's something that has been developing for thousands of years and really studied. And I think one of the things that are happening now, science going into spirituality being one of them, is this generalization. I don't know if that's a word, but like making it accessible and more relatable yeah. in a, like a common language. Something that can relate to anybody. And it's the studies, it's the facts. This is what's happening, you know, interiorly and here it shows. And so it's uh, an important gateway and, and window to opening. And, you know, even though that exists, there's still some people and in, in my experience is seeing people that, okay, I see that, ah, you know, and it's until they have an experience that, you know, though they might think this is, this is quackery, you know, this is pseudoscience, this is that, this is whatever. And then something happens, <laughs> you know, and it's like, 
okay, <laughs> you know, and, and no matter. And I've, I've, I've heard of experience. I've seen experienced people with scientific backgrounds and then something happens and it can't be explained, you know, scientifically or, or maybe it can. And uh, but it wasn't expected. And, and it just opens up this new doorway of possibilities. And OK, this happened. Can I study it? <laughs> can I measure it? And, and looking into that, it's really exciting, really fascinating. And there's also a lot of learning, in my opinion, that science has to take from these other knowledge systems, because I think science is also very masculine and has to ease in mm -hmm. a little into intuition, mm -hmm. into the unknown. Well, yes, you look at the great, um, you know, scientists of our time and how did they come across their discoveries? It was going into the unknown, yeah. <laughs> right? And that's the thing, if we base everything off of copy-paste or copy-paste kind of society or environment, like Einstein said this or, you know, this person said this or that, and it's going in to understand things and being the student. Um, I'm thinking of the neuroscientist Ramon Cajal, who would do beautiful drawings of the neurons and how they would connect and And looking at them, he would look at them and then he would draw them. And through that, he arrived at his discoveries that we have today, understanding what neurons are and synaptic connections are. And so it was through his going into this unknown and going into this openness of, you know, there is no basis for this, but I'm going to go into that. That's how he arrived at his discoveries and looking at Einstein and other great scientists as well. And so we can be the scientist, you know, and arrive at those discoveries within ourselves, our surroundings by being courageous enough <laughs> and being curious enough to go in and not think, oh, well, this is what somebody else said. Well, that's what somebody else said because that's how they arrived at it. Or maybe they're just copy pasting off of what others, other signs. But I, I truly believe it's a time for us to be the scientist and to discover and to uncover and to connect these new realities, these new discoveries that are within us and around us. And we have the possibility to do so, though, if we're constantly waiting for the old science or based on what somebody else has said, then that's only going to leave us a limited uh, vision, right? Or a limited capacity that we can reach. But if we open up and I have this hypothesis, let me see. And also at what time? And do that. So, yeah. At, at what yeah. time in history are these questions being asked and are these experiences being had? Um, because everything is ever changing and evolving. And maybe some question that we can um, have today was super advanced if you asked it uh, 300 years ago or it, mm -hmm. it was the same question and it's still <laughs> unanswered. I don't know. It can go either way. Yes. I don't understand much about it, but like now what's happening with uh, the atom colliders and science going deep and deep into like the small fabrics of this reality. It's so, so philosophical and beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's, it's so inspiring. Um, and I, I mean, it leaves me thinking and um, uncovering parts within myself and I'm sure the listeners too. Wow, just how far can we go? It's infinite. We have infinite, infinite space and infinite capacities within us. And there's so much that is unknown, but it's by being familiar with ourselves. And I think that's the first step, you know, The scientists are doing this work. What can we do here and now to know ourselves? Like know thyself, as the ancients would say. And through knowing ourselves, knowing our capacities. And as I said earlier, you know, a lot of people are distracted. <laughs> do you think it's normal? I mean, do, do people think it's normal that oh, we're born, we uh, go to school, You get married, you get a job, you do this, the whole nine yards, you have a white picket fence. And then, you know, that's like the old, very squared way of thinking, though it's still kind of in that context. You still go to school. Yeah, you, go, you get married, hopefully, you know, or you have a, a partner of some sort, maybe not like how it was back then, but to some capacity. And, and you go to university and, and then hopefully and, and or not, or you go to and you get a job, whether it's working for somebody else or whether it's an entrepreneur and then you're contributing to the whole. And that's the story that's playing on and on and on. And people are so distracted by that story. And so I ask myself, and I'm sure all of us to some capacity ask ourselves, is this it? Is this really what it's about? And so when we begin to look inside ourselves, the capacities that we have like within emotion, within energy, looking in the energy, right? In the most microscopic 
um, and maybe not in the scientific way, but getting to know our capacities and what we can do with our energy, what we can do with our emotion, right? What, what the capacities of our of our, our mental capacities, our mind and neuroplasticity and what we can do, what does that mean? And how can we can reprogram? Then that opens up a whole new gateway of possibilities and unknown for us. But if we continue going down the same pathway of, oh, you do this, that, and, you know, I know we're all now in this generation, we're kind of breaking, we are breaking free from that to create new realities to whatever extent entrepreneurs, there's so many entrepreneurs uh, today. Um, but even if it's working uh, for somebody else or a cause that you believe in, we all have the opportunity to look within and see those those capabilities within us to get to know that unknown. And, um, and through that, like when you're saying, you know, the questions that we're asking, maybe these were the questions they were asking back then. And I think of like some monk, you know, some wise monk who's like, know yourself and you're going to know all the answers. People continue asking that, the questions because we're asking the questions exteriorly, looking for an answer exteriorly. <laughs> but when we begin to go inward, and it's not in this like mystical woo-woo sense way, it could be in many ways, but having the self-awareness and knowing yourself, you know, whether it's a scientist, whether it's a CEO or, you know, somebody with this, this background, know yourself. People say, oh, I know myself. Yeah, that's fine. You know, or it's uncomfortable. I don't really want to go deeper. Go deeper. Because then you're going to know your true capabilities and who you are as this f physical flesh. You're much more than that. It's about remembering, like you were saying. Yeah. Because, yeah, we've always known and it's in us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's, yeah, going back to that. Then the steps we take, taking them from that connection with the source of what mm -hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. And I always say, talking about potential, oh, I want to be my optimal potential or I want to be my, whether it's from a CEO to a scientist to a yogi or to whoever, that's so relatable being our potential. Right? Everybody seeks that. And what is being your potential? To be your full optimal potential, your highest potential, you have to be whole. You have to integrate all that you are. Nothing can be optimal if it's disintegrated, right? Or if it's not together, if there's disalignment. And so when we focus on who we are, bring our awareness to who we are and our capabilities within ourselves, and we begin to cultivate and activate and awaken those capabilities, then we become whole. And there's so much more and it's, it's continuous because there's infinite capacities, just like there's infinite space around us. How far can you go? Well, how far do you want to go? <laughs> right. You know, I've been thinking about or looking into lucid dreaming. Mm. recently wow. which i am fascinated by and i remembered when i was a child i would lucid dream and i, I have a cousin and we were really into it and we would um not control quote unquote control because lucid dreaming is all about being aware that you're dreaming and then you can make things happen right instead of the subconscious kind of playing out and i think that's such a wonderful metaphor being awake in the dream the dream the quite literal dream of us dreaming and then being awake in our physical reality of the dream that we're living in as well and so we always have that opportunity and uh i think it's really an interesting exercise if we can lucid dream if we can become aware and say hey this is a dream this is the subconscious playing its program and i want to recreate something completely different whoa that's telling us something yeah and that's been done right yeah. and there's yeah, yeah. studies and we have the possibility we have the potentiality maybe you know maybe you've experienced it maybe some have experienced it without even trying to experience it of just realizing your dream that's a huge reflection for our capabilities of what we can do in this quote-unquote dream yeah. <laughs> that we're living yeah. <laughs> right yeah there's correct me if i'm wrong but when you're lucid dreaming there's this sweet spot between surrendering in a big part but also controlling and taking that dream where you want to take it. There's this like sweet, sweet spot that if you, I've like the few times that I've been there when dreaming, almost all of the times it ends because I get too excited. And <laughs> I'm, I'm dreaming, like, I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. Yeah, I can do this. And then it, it, it goes away. Yeah. It's like mm -hmm. I hang to it too tight. Mm -hmm. So it, it fades away. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's that sweet spot and, and surrender and, and trusting it the unknown because it's unknown territory, right? It's like you're practicing this consciousness within the unconscious, like the, the all-seeing observer and then that later that can now move pieces. And so it's getting familiar with that all-seeing observer. It's not you in the dream per se, and it's not you that's in your bed sleeping or wherever you're sleeping. It's this observer 
which is really interesting. You know, it's just like consciousness that's always there. And so it's tapping into that consciousness of not, oh, I'm going to control. And, and then that goes back and it's a reflection in our day-to-day life, our 3D <laughs> dream, right? It's like us wanting to control. And then also it has to do with the sweet spot of surrender. <laughs> and then also making things happen. Isn't that that's such a beautiful metaphor? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Rani. Thank you. This has been so lovely. Well, we can go on for yeah, eons. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Um, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Um, let's have you in, in the show back again soon. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Gracias. We'll go deeper. Yeah. <laughs> gracias, gracias. Bit deeper, gracias. yeah. <laughs> that was Ronnie Rantage. For more information on Ronnie's work, follow the links in the show notes of this episode and get in touch with her. In every episode, we feature one of Virginia Vigliar's original poems to add a splash of magic to the show. Today's poem is called Principle Over Happiness. My body is made of roots I can't explain the origins of. My grandmother left her soul on my soil. My mother tended to the earth like it was her child. I kept watering myself with laughter, spoke the words of my ancestors like I knew their language. Their traumas lived in my body. This soil is for no body but you and me. I fear loneliness like a game of chess. The queen is dead without her king, so when he beats her... She sits in silence. She bruises quietly and tends to her heart at night. I fear nobody but myself, yet search for comfort in community and glue myself to its core principles. I leave the rest behind. I never told you to get rid of what's not mine until I drew the line. Is it loneliness I fear? Is it his voice I hear? Is it companionship I need? Is it mine to feed? This is the mystery of principle over happiness. We Walk the Earth is a Nautilus original and is produced by me, Sergio Isauro. The music in this episode was produced by Tejedor. Poetry Forest by Virginia Vigliar. Editing by Miguel Andrade. Mixing by Aldo Leiva. And executive production by Jorge Gonzalez. If you wish to support us, please subscribe. Share the podcast and get in touch with us through social media. We want to hear about you and what you think of the show. Until next time. Thank you for listening. <laughs>